Good day, everyone. You're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 153. How many rotations can you count? I'm your host, Alex, and today I have the honor to have David as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I've been sleeping a little bit better since last time we talked, so that's good for this uh, interview. <laughs> good, good. And well, if we want to take a nap halfway through, we can we could take a little power nap, or like half a second. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> well, just give me like 10 seconds in between the, uh, in the middle, just in the middle sometime, like about 30 minute mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like when I'm talking, you just take a power nap. And then when you, well, when I'm done talking, you just go, yep, yep. I agree, Alex. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm awake. All right. I'm awake. <laughs> well, today is not necessarily about our abilities to take super power naps. It's all about you and your hobby of pen spinning. But before we jump into that, I'm going to ask the stupid cliche question but you can answer it however you'd like who is david so david is my actual name but i'm better known in the community as hobby just like hobby which is kind of funny because we're probably going to make a lot of unintentional puns in this <laughs> podcast but it, it used to be hobby logics but then i shortened it to hobby to make it more simple but i'm well known as like hobby in the community and i've been doing it for almost 10 years now it's been a long time um, I'm mostly a, I would say I'm more of a community guy than I am just like a hard, like just straight only pen spinner kind of person. I've always like enjoyed like helping out and contributing a lot. And right now I'm uh, a server owner of a pen spinning discord that I, where I try to get people to uh, enjoy the hobby more and just learn. So that's been a cool experience in the past year so far. That's awesome. I love how you're actually helping out the community and you also love helping people start out and just getting more into the hobby. And of course, for this podcast, I use my fake last name hobby as well. So technically, we're family at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. It's true. Well, you know what? Uh, perfect. Two hobbies talking about hobbies. Where's the meta stuff in there? Right there. Uh, yes. Before we move on to any further things, if you're interested, do you have any social media links, websites, projects or anything at all that you'd love to share? Maybe maybe even that discord group. My uh, YouTube channel is basically everything. My social media is pretty much all Hobby Logics. So youtube.com slash Hobby Logics, hobbylogics.tumblr. I'm most active on Twitter. So if it's at Hobby Logics, you can find me there. But um, if you do want to join Discord server, I don't know the random like letters and uh, numbers off the top of my head for the invite. So if you do want the Discord invite, it's literally pinned on my Twitter profile. So if you find me on Twitter at HobbyLogics, you'll be able to join it. Perfect. You know what I'll do? I'll find it on there and I'll add it in, add it in the description down below so people can find it. So it'll be very easy. Perfect. So it'll just be a one little square to click everything. Perfect. We got that out of the way, which was great. We shared all the important stuff, but now there's even more important stuff as well. This whole episode is just going to be important stuff because we're talking to the man of the hour, David Hobby or Hobby David or Hobby Hobby. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be talking about pen spinning. So mind giving a definition of what that may be for people who don't know what pen spinning is. So pen spinning is basically a type of object manipulation. It's like similar to beglary, if you've ever heard of it, and bisong, which is like butterfly knives or like cardistry. It's like it's kind of like that where you're basically manipulating like a sort of object to like for like a kind of like a performance in a more skillful way, I guess. It's a pretty niche hobby, I'd say. Um, it, it began like gaining popularity, like mainly like in the early 2000s when like blog posts started to show up and like when internet became more accessible for everyone. And it started as blogs and eventually became message boards. And then a whole community sprung out of that. So it has a pretty interesting history. And how did you actually get introduced to pen spinning? Did you see like a pen on the ground that you were about to drop? You're like, oh, no. And then the way you caught it, it was spinning in midair, but you kept on catching it. But as it's falling. 
To be honest, I think I might have. It's probably not the most interesting story, but I'm not sure about like if I got inspired by like if I saw the people like doing it in class or something. But I, I, I probably did in the past. But I think it was like one summer when I was a lot younger, and I was just like, oh, I want to find something to do, and uh, it was like I wanted to find a hobby to get into. And I actually picked up three hobbies in the past. It was juggling. I wanted to learn how to juggle. And I got into speed cubing, which I, I believe you might have done a podcast about speed cubing before. And um, the third one is fan spinning. And these three hobbies, I tried to get into all of them. And pen spinning stuck around for almost 10 years compared to the rest of the hobbies. Like it, uh, I guess it just shows how much I'm interested or at least um, how interesting this hobby can actually be. Well, luckily, you mentioned juggling as well, which I also touched on this podcast, but the episode's not out yet. So perfect. We touch all three, the trifecta of hobbies. And but for you, for the uh, pen spinning, do you still actually own the first pen? Well, I say the first pen. You probably had a pen when you were in kindergarten. But I mean, the one you're like, this is like the perfect weight when you first started pen spinning. I, I don't. I think a lot of people don't have it anymore. It's like one of those things where like, unless you like have a maybe like a more of an obsession for collecting and stuff like that. I don't, I think I probably took it apart or like, I just stopped using it because when you find better like pen mods, we call it basically like pen modifications that we use um, that you, you like using and you're more familiar with, um, usually you tend to use those more. So speaking of which, it sounds like you have an arsenal of pens that you know how to use and ready to go. So how big is your collection? I... Uh, probably not as big as some people, to be honest. It's like a decent, but I wouldn't call myself a uh, a pen modder is basically what people call it, is um, people who like do a lot of uh, pen modding. Sometimes people who are pen modders will actually do more of the pen modification than the people who actually spin pens, which is interesting. Because I think they, it's it's like a, being able to customize something and it's like cool, like you can like design your kind of pen. And basically it's made from different kinds of pen parts that already exist. Or like even like hardware stuff where you can get like washers or something. Some people have even put washers in their pens and stuff like that to add weight and all that kind of stuff. And it can vary from being like very like janky and not very well made, which is probably what most of my mods are. <laughs> and um uh, and very high quality, which is some of what uh, pen modders probably can do with like, they have like probably some electronic scales to like make it as balanced as possible. Uh, it can get pretty technical. There's even a microchip in the pen that calculates how many spins and the tricks. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> That's interesting. I actually, I can't find this video anymore. I actually don't know where it went on YouTube, but I did watch a video where they circuit some sort of circuit board with like a gyroscope or something in it and basically put it into the pen barrel and then when they spun it when they spun faster the light changes inside of it and when they slow down it like changes back to a different color which is kind of interesting that is so cool but led mods do exist so it's like one of those it's kind of like a flashy fun thing to do so okay hear me out if you're interested you can tell me no but i feel like you might like you might be interested if this let's say a pen that has like some sort of computer mechanism inside a computer chip that can like record your actual like uh, action you spinning spinning the pen and you can have like a model a remodel in the computer like a virtual version of it would you like that pen that'd be very interesting i would say that i, I would like that for sure but I, i'm not sure what what would actually affect me from like 
what would I, it would depend on like w- whether I would use it or not. I mean, like um, it would depend on the weight and the balance and all that stuff. So at the end of the day, it matters to me more about like the weight and stuff than the actual like the technical stuff. But I'm sure like people who are more um, adaptable with other mods uh, than me um, can probably spin it and have like interesting data to collect from that. That's a pretty interesting idea, actually. Yeah, we're we're just bouncing ideas right now. But you're talking about weight, so I do have to ask. What is your thought process when it comes to picking out the right pen? Is there like a specific brand you really like to use? So most pen mods basically are modifications, right? So it is usually from a lot of different types of pens. The pen I personally use is called a Metal Comza. It is made of a marker from South Korea called Dong A Computer Sign Pen. And then also a pen called... uh, is it Pentel HGG or Pentel Hybrid Gel Grip? And you basically have, I think you need two, two, two HGGs and two uh, Comzas to uh, make it. So you can have like a double-sided uh, pen so it's balanced. And for you, what would you say is the best part about spinning pens? I'm sure like the feel in your hand. And I'm sure you can also do this subconsciously. You're just in your sleep and you wake up like, well, well okay, we're doing this now. Yeah, um, the best part about pens me, I'd say, is like, it's like there's a lot of things, honestly. Um, obviously, I'm a community person, so I like to like doing stuff for a community. It's very rewarding when people appreciate what you do. I like the amount of difficulty and like the depth of skill required to do it because it's not like it's re- weirdly is weirdly in depth. Like I can write a lot and talk a lot about pen spinning, and you probably would think like, whoa, like I didn't think you would need to like think about all of these things like recently i actually made an article that was like over three thousand words long that was about um exploring or like kind of defining the the finger positions of your hand while you're spinning because when you're spinning on camera right you're kind of performing and where your fingers are placed while you're doing certain tricks even the ones that aren't involved in the trick can give a certain effect right in every like millisecond or whatever in the whole video right so it's pretty interesting you can talk about a lot of theory stuff regarding like planes of rotational stuff it's pretty wild it's pretty wild for sure so you're talking about the finger positioning and everything can change within like a millisecond so this is an odd question but on that note has it ever happened to you that let's say you're looking at your hand and you overthink and then your hand just starts acting weird, kind of like, you know, when you're going upstairs and then you start to think, how am I doing this? And then you start tripping. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like, I feel like, so one of the skills that people learn as a pen spinner is freestyling, basically, or FS is the short term for it. And um, it's, I wouldn't say it's like a complete freestyle, much like how in rap you would like actually wrap off the top of your head. It, you actually use a lot of tricks that are familiar to you. And you kind of create a combo out of it. A combo being like the routine, basically like the full length routine you do. And I'm sure you have a lot of tricks up your sleeve or in your hand. Let's say in the palm of your hand. Let's keep it like that, like a, a weird pun. So how many tricks can you do if you can count? I probably, I can't count, honestly. Some people probably know, know way more than I do. I actually do a lot more simple tricks than most people, I'd say. I tr- my type of spinning is more closer to trying to perfect the visuals more than like the actual tricks, like thinking about the actual tricks and like how technical they are, how difficult they are. 
So it's more of like trying to perfect the look than it is about thinking about all these weird and interesting tricks you might come up with. So I actually used to be more of a technical spinner and then I changed to a more visual like focus because, I don't know, I think I was upset with how my spinning looked back then. And I uh, wanted to like understand what affected the visual kind of effect because I always noticed that some spinners like looked like so much better than others, right? And when you realize that your own spinning looks like really ugly, it's just like, well. <laughs> just keep in the back of your mind that your spinning will always be better than my spinning. There. <laughs> just like, oh no, I'm messing up. Wait a second. I'm a thousand times better than Alex. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking about how you work more on the technique and the beauty of it, like I bet you it just flows like water. Do you have, what's, let's say, one favorite move that's just like your go-to that no matter what, you just love it? One of my favorite tricks is, um, it's actually a fundamental trick. So fundamental tricks are basically, I forget how many fundamental tricks are there are. Um, there's the sonic, there's the finger pass, there's a charge, and then there's the thumb around, I believe. I believe there's four. I might be wrong. You can, you can, you'll probably be able to look it up in one of the links I'll talk about later. But one of the tricks I really like is the finger pass. Because it's literally, you pass the pen down to, from like your index and middle finger, for example, right? You're holding it in between your index and middle finger. I know it's a podcast and it's hard to picture. Then you move it down, move it down to the middle finger and ring finger, and then you move it down to the pinky and ring finger. So you keep doing that. And you, if you practice that to like a hot, like you keep practicing that, you can get it very smooth, even though it's just something super simple like that and i think it's really satisfying once you're able to get like that like like the pen to flow between your fingers like that it's actually the twitter post that you probably liked right it's the one where i was like lazy i was just like <laughs> lying back and I, it was the one where it just flowed through between my fingers that that was a finger press but man you made that look so smooth like i was trying to go by your description right now with this pencil in my hand i'm like yeah, I can't do this. I need to watch that video again. Yeah, there, there, there are definitely videos for you to easily, more easily uh, picture this for sure. And I would imagine some of these tricks, it takes a little longer to master than others. So for you, on average, how long does it usually take you to master a new trick? It's That's a kind of a tricky topic because there's a difference between like, okay, I can land a trick, right? And then like I'll be able to do like the finger pass, for example, like by itself. But then you want to be able to do it in a linkage, which is basically a combination of tricks together, right? So let's say like one of the fundamentals um, is uh, sonic, right? If you can do sonic into finger pass. Now, if you the reason why that's more difficult is because after you do the first the, the first trick, right? You have to know where that uh, pen lands in your other fingers. Otherwise, you start in a weird position you're not familiar with, right? So you need to be able to like not create so much, so many introduced errors in your spinning that it causes problems later on and it leads to a drop after a while. So it's like there's you start basically like learning a trick, then you learn it in like a linkage. Or at least that's how I typically do it. Then I learn it in a combo, which is like the full routine. So getting first, I try to it, it, it takes a while. Like for me, I use a lighter pen compared to other people. Maybe I'm just, I don't have as much time to practice as much anymore, but um, it takes me a little while to get it to like the combo stage. It took me, for finger pass specifically, it took me maybe about a month just to 
get it to there. And when when I did get it to there, like, and I, I'm looking back at that video now, I don't, yeah, I don't really like how I did it back then. I think how I do it now is even better. So it, it definitely is um, something you like keep practicing, especially the tricks you use a lot. You want to keep practicing and make it look even better, at least for me, for visual kind of focus. But now you also mentioned that you want to try to do some moves so you don't end up in a position where you don't know what to do. Has it ever happened to you that you got into a position, but you kind of like improvised your way and you're like, whoa, I kind of like what I did there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like a lot of times um, I'm actually kind of bad at planning a combo. Like I've, I've actually recently been trying to learn how to plan a combo properly because after ever since I switched to more like this type of spinning, um, like it's really easy to just freestyle all your common linkages because it's very like familiar, right? And you, you won't drop, you know, you won't drop it. You won't do anything like that. So when you freestyle like that, sometimes you'll just like if you plan, like let's say you want to, I want to do this trick in this combo, right? And I'll freestyle it and then I'll do that trick. And then, but the rest of the tricks like just come naturally. Like I don't really think about it. And sometimes when you just like freestyle and not like, not really think about it, you come up with weird things that end up being kind of cool. So did you ever come up with a trick and you gave it a name? I did. Yeah. But I don't think it stuck around very long with um, tricks. Um, it, it's kind of like you can, I think you can come up with a lot of tricks. In I think maybe recently it's been starting to like reach the point where it's very hard to create new tricks. But um, I did, but I don't think it's that useful of a trick. Like it's just it's um, I don't think people would use it that much. It's just I don't know when I, when I think about tricks, it's like you can come up with a concept, an idea, right? But actually putting it into practice and making it look good or something or making even making it uh, difficult by using it, by linking it into another trick is like a completely different story. Like some of the most recent uh, pen spinning meta, quote unquote, is like actually concepts from like a long time ago, like stuff that was done like maybe ages ago by people. And then only recently they picked it up because they're like, oh, this is actually very useful or can increase difficulty or something like that, right? So it's pretty cool because people are digging into the past to find more inspiration. And I could also imagine a lot of these people are looking at old moves and like, well, I can improve that. I can add an extra layer of difficulty and make it look more interesting. And that's the cool evolution of, let's say, a hobby, in this case, uh, pen spinning. Yeah, for sure. Can you use your other hand? Uh, so I can, but there's actually, like, I, I can. It's not that good. Like, I can do a few tricks. Like, usually, I think... Um, if you do enough tricks on your right hand or whatever is your primary hand, your other hand will like kind of pick up certain tricks a lot easier. But there are people who spin with both hands, like they will train for that specifically and they will be, um, they'll know how to spin and transfer the pen between the two hands very smoothly and stuff like that. So it's like a completely different type of spinning that I personally don't do. But um for those who are interested, you can probably learn that. <laughs> if you can't spin both hands, I have a trick. You put a mirror in between on your torso to extend <laughs> out and then boom, problem solved. Now you have two oh hands. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say that. So. Just don't do that in competition. You're going to get disqualified real easy. It's like, sir, what are you doing behind that, that mirror? Oh, yeah, I got stuck here. Yeah, can I just... Uh, well, I just uh, edited <laughs> these uh, two hands together. It's um, <laughs> They're so in sync. Yep, practice. A lot of practice. <laughs> <laughs>
And for you, what was like, or actually, what is the most complex move you enjoy doing? I I don't have it's it's really hard to say what's a complex move as well. I know I'm I keep saying like, oh well, your question doesn't make sense, but it's really <laughs> it's re- it's like really hard because a lot of these questions are very like subjective, even for us. Like it's like they're very simple questions. I understand they come out of like a place of curiosity, but for me, it's like it's hard to say what's the complex trick and most complex trick because it really depends on the person. I think right. I think some people will actually pick up harder tricks better than other people. Like it has to do with their hand, their flexibility, you know, and just like general, like, you know, how they take care of themselves, even how they practice. Right. On that note, the most complex trick for me would be grabbing the pen and holding it without dropping. <laughs> for that. Sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, for, you should tell that to every pen spinner. I'm sure that's the most difficult for sure, because <laughs> that's how they don't. That's how they drop the pen. That's how they drop it because they don't grab it. <laughs> Do you ever, let's say, add an extra layer of difficulty? So let's say you're really good with the technical stuff and you said, you know what, let me try with my eyes closed or behind my back or anything like that. It's just a, that's actually an interesting question, but because there's a collaboration video that actually is on YouTube right now, I believe. Anyways, I haven't checked in a while, but um, it's called uh, Themes of Pen Spinning or TOPS as, as the acronym. And it was basically just people spitting blindfolded. So it's, I would say it's actually definitely a lot harder to spin blindfolded mainly because you can't see where the pen is going. So you have to go by only feel. And that means that you have to be very, uh, like already very familiar with the tricks that you're doing to be able to do it blindfolded. So like imagine like, I think the thing that's even the most hardest during, uh, if you're blindfolded is doing aerial tricks, which are when you actually flick the pen up in the air and then you have to catch it afterwards, right? And unless you're really good at knowing exactly where the pen goes while you're blindfolded, that's kind of difficult. You know what? I have a solution for that as well. You add a little whistle in the pen. So as it moves down, it goes, and you can, (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking of all these horrible solutions that do not work. A mirror, a whistle. That's an interesting idea. Have you ever heard of what uh, Diablo, that uh, it's like a Chinese like top toy, I think it does like the whistling thing. Yes, yes, yes. You throw it up in the air. And stuff like that. I'm, I'm sure you probably uh, might make a podcast about that at some point as well. Yeah, if anybody's interested, uh, you know, this podcast is open to any hobby in the world, even for people named hobby, whether it's hobby or Alex hobby. Alex hobby, <laughs> yes. And uh, for you, have you ever tried competitive pen spinning or is it something like, you know what, I'm not really into that? I have, yeah, I actually have. So that's that's why I haven't afterwards <laughs> because I, I w- it was not for me. So com- in competition, like 2013, I did join a competition. It was like a competition or forum. And it was just very stressful. I guess I wasn't used to it. And I was a teenager. And I was just like, I don't know how to manage myself. I was also invited after that uh, competition. I was also invited to the World Cup event in 2014. But my computer like just like crapped out on me. So I couldn't join that team. And sadly, they couldn't. They couldn't. Um, actually participated in it because I dropped out like so last minute. So that's kind of sucks. But I'm not like unhappy about that because if I did actually participate in it, my spinning would not have changed to what it was now because competitive spinning and like the type of spinning I do, which is like aesthetic spinning, technical spinning, competitive spinning, and like aesthetic spinning is like they're very different. Like like my spinning would not do well in competition at all in Competitive spinning, it's like judged by a specific criteria and stuff like that. So like difficulty, execution, you know, like 
presentation, all this stuff. And I actually kind of think that people shouldn't always like people shouldn't always think that competition is the only thing in pen spinning. You can spin without having to join a competition because there's other things like collaboration videos. You can make solo videos. There's stuff that you can do that isn't doesn't revolve around winning and like ha- having to like do the stressful kind of filming. And uh, you, it's, it's a lot more chill, I would say. <laughs> Maybe it's just because of my personality. But um, back then, like, and I think for a lot of people, competitive spinning is stressful because you need to get a combo film by like some deadline or like you might have school you might have exams you might have work and you sit there for like several hours straight just trying to do this freaking thing that you like probably know you can do and it's just like is most it's like grueling right like you're sitting there for like like you're literally sitting there for hours trying to do the same exact thing like it's pretty it gets pretty (laughs) stressful i would say so that's that's why it's not really my thing but um more power to you if you can manage that for sure. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, it is your hobby. You can go at your own speed. There's, like you said, there's no need to be competitive. You can, like, I'm not doing competitive podcasting right now. I'm not racing against another podcast called Hobby Time for Your. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's for sure. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure you, uh, you do you treat this podcast as a hobby though, as well? Is my question. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. It is a hobby I enjoy doing. Like, I, I can't imagine myself making it a, a competition. Like, all right, we're going to speed talk right now. Put in as many words as you can. Hobby, David, just talk as much as you can because I'm going to beat that other podcast called. Oh, they're going to judge by like <laughs> the, how well you interview and stuff like that and how much you get out of the other person, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, boy. Do they have those negative uh, cards? Like negative one? Because that's probably what I'm going to get for some of the things because I sometimes. Can't not complete sentences. So give me a negative one now. I'll take it. I don't care. Uh, so you know what? Let's go back to you because this is all about you today. It's not about my podcasting. See, I can't even say the word podcasting skills, which apparently I have none. Uh, have you ever you tried? You have a good voice. Though. You do have a good voice. That's your, that's your, that's uh... my only thing I got going for me. <laughs> uh, have you ever tried spinning other objects just for fun? I have. Yeah. Like sometimes I think it was some random videos. You would just like spin random things. I think um, it's not like super serious, though, of course. Right. But um, any cylindrical kind of object that's like a pen, you can do it like it's not too hard, honestly, especially if you know the trick fairly well. Have you ever tried a shower curtain? No, I'm kidding. That's that's a little big. (laughs) That's uh, that's a lot. That's actually hard because it's like it moves everywhere. It's not possible. It's like way too hard. It'll smack you in the face as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, I've actually spun an umbrella before. And that's like spinning something like spinning something longer than like, like, I don't know, 25 centimeters. And it's like it starts to get into like what we call the baton kind of uh, level where like it's not really pen spinning anymore, I guess. But uh, it's also kind of like um, um like if, if you've seen people drumstick spinning, right? That's actually completely like derived from pen spinning i'm pretty sure at least most of the tricks are so there is like a maximum amount of length that is considered pen spinning is there a minimum let's say i don't sound stupid saying this but would spinning a toothpick count as pen spinning or is that too small or not even possible to do Uh, i would say it's like close to impossible to do i think um the best length is to like is between your wrist and the tip of your middle finger. That's like the perfect length for, depending on what your hand is, right? 
And some people have very small hands. So some people can uh, spin mods that are a lot smaller. But I personally spin a mod that's about 19, 20 centimeters. And I also it's also fairly light compared to most people. It's like about eight grams for most. For other people, it can, like, especially for more, for people who do more difficult tricks, the weight can help. So they're... Their weight might be like 20 to 30 or something, something crazy like that. Well, you know what? If you want to uh, pen spin a Q-tip, it's for infants. A newborn, that's like the perfect size. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's perfect for you. You should do some tricks, right? And then uh, entertain your uh, new kid. Yeah, exactly. With a Q-tip and just like clean off this, like, I don't know. Apparently you can't put Q-tips in ears. Don't do that, kids. I use Q-tips for wiping off boogers on the face. I don't know what you use Q-tips for, honestly, at this point. Anyways. Oh, you clean stuff. Yes. yes. You go clean your electronics or something, I guess. <laughs> clean your pens. Mm, there you go. <laughs> and uh, for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started pen spinning? When I first started, oh, I think when I first started, it was like completely different. Maybe. I know. I, it's hard to remember. It's been like, it's like been like almost 10 years. Okay. Like it's hard. It's really hard to remember. But um, I don't know. Maybe just being motivated, I guess. Maybe just being dedicated. But. I feel like the biggest challenge in general is like just your time management and just like managing yourself is because pen spinning is something that you can actually do for a long time. Like I would say people who are, who have been pen spinning for three to four years are people who I look at to see like who, what, like that's, that's your entry level. That's what I consider entry level to pen spinning. Like that's how long you have to be spinning to be able to be considered kind of like known unless you're like a crazy prodigy who can like be like really really good within like a year you it's it's a lot of time management and being able to just dedicate time to do it and uh trying to manage yourself sleep sleep properly sleep properly don't be like me (laughs) (laughs) because sleep will make your practice better make your practice worthwhile right you'll be more energized more focused and you will drop the pen a lot less oh yeah for sure and also, the cool thing about pen spinning, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you can do it pretty much anywhere. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, like, I don't I don't usually bring it outside. I mean, right now, it's not, like, a good idea yeah. to go outside. But <laughs> but um, back then, when I was in school and stuff like that, I would used to bring it to class and stuff. But, you know, if, you, if you're a person that's, like, a, lot, a bit younger, still in school and stuff, and you want to bring your pens, I'm not going to tell you not to, but... Um, you should pay attention and also your teachers might get mad at you. So just, just so you know, <laughs> they're only getting mad because they're jealous. They can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for you, what is your current biggest challenge? Well, yeah, my current biggest challenge for sure is like time management and also just like trying not to burn out. Cause like my entire issue in my whole course of just being in the community and stuff has just been burning out, like doing some project that I really get obsessed with. And just being like, oh, I need to finish this. I need to get this done. And then I just disappear for like six months because I'm like exhausted. And I don't want to deal with the the pen spinning or the community anymore. That happened recently when I uh, edited a video like within like a week. And I was working like eight hours plus every day. And it was just exhausting. So Yeah, it's like it's extremely important to even take breaks from your hobbies as well. I know this podcast is all about time for your hobby, but... You know, you got to take a break as well and get some energy. Well, it again. just depends on what level, right? What level you're um, interested in it and what amount of time you're willing to dedicate into it. Like for me, I want to improve to some degree, right? Maybe you don't 
care about improving as much as I do. Like you should just do it at your own pace. I think there's value in just being a casual spinner, right? Like there's value to being a casual podcaster, I'm sure as well, right? You don't have to worry about like trying to get food on the table because you, that's how you make money, right? Yeah, but I have to be the hobby time for your. Remember, that was the objective from the beginning. That podcast, <laughs> that host, ugh, horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're fine. I think you're doing fine. Yeah. Yeah. I look in the mirror. The guy that looks like me, he's like, you're doing good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and for you, I might already know the answer to this, but has pen spinning ever stressed you out? And if so, what is your best de stressor? Do you go for a walk? Do you go for a rest? Do you, I don't know, I was going to say do dishes. I don't know. What is your go to de stressor? Oh, definitely go on walks and just like do other stuff. Do other stuff that you enjoy. Like, I mean, I'm a freaking, I'm basically a dorky nerd that spins pens at his desk. So like, I'll just play video games sometimes or go, go on a walk, go on a run. There's not too much you can do right now, but you got to stay healthy, at least mentally, especially in this time. So I think it's also very interesting, actually, because um, COVID's actually brought a lot of old pen spinners back into the community because they're like, oh, we're at home now. And all of a sudden, they are poking around in social social media and they find their old uh, old hobby again and see all the people they used to know so it's pretty interesting because sometimes you'll uh, in the community you'll be like uh if you stick around long enough you'll have a lot of nostalgia for people who show up again that you haven't seen in a while so in a way this pandemic has been good for at least one thing right uh, this pandemic yeah this pandemic. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> oh i can't believe i didn't think of that pun that was good <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know what that's cool that some people are coming back into it and it's just like you said you love the community aspect so people are coming in and you get to connect with them again and then yeah it's, it's always better when you get to do it with other people who enjoy it just as much as you do oh for sure yeah i mean another thing that stresses me out is like managing the discord server and the community at times but you like you you definitely need to take a break from everything especially when like something like that takes takes kind of uh it ends up being almost like a part-time job. So you should, uh, yeah, take care of yourself, guys. <laughs> yes, this is the PSA from this episode. Take care of yourself. And now to a darker sign. I feel like stress is pretty dark enough, but let's go even darker. What are some misconceptions about people who do pen spinning? I think the main misconception is that it's like a nerdy kind of like hobby, right? I'm assuming. Like I don't actually know too much because I just kind of went into it with an open mind but what do you what do you think would be like a common misconception because i can't this is i, I can't think of any like off the top of my head from like the, in my past like i can't think oh i always thought pen spinners do this uh i don't know a stupid one maybe, maybe just yeah maybe it's just it's just like it's kind of a nerdy thing i guess i guess people won't think that it would be so in depth i guess i, I guess but and also i think if you look up pen spinning on youtube you don't actually get a good idea of what pen spinning is because pen spinning is not a very like viral and popular hobby. It's very niche. And if you look up pen spinning on YouTube, it's like the really big videos or people who have spent time like filming a lot of stuff that is not actually usually like what the community is. Like if you look it up on YouTube, like one of the first videos you might find is like Kuma Films is uh like pen spinning video where they have really nice cameras and like good slow motion video and stuff like that. They're spinning outside, you know, they're doing stuff with other people. Well, in reality, especially in the English community, we're all very spread apart. Like there's not that many people who pen spin like close to you generally. 
and um, you, you it's actually quite difficult to be able to gather with other people and in reality it's not like you walk around the city and spin pens it's like hours and hours of sitting at your desk and practicing and dropping the pen until you get it it's not easy obviously and it's not um it's not like a good representation of the hobby but that being said i do respect it because there is a market for making videos like that to kind of encourage people right to uh, like they want to sh- you want to show off like a hobby or something in order to get people into it right so i don't mind it for that but if for representing pen spinning i wouldn't say it's the best kind of video a random misconception that just popped up in my head. I don't fully believe it. I'm like, oh, this maybe somebody believes it. Um, but if so, it's wrong. Maybe most pen spinners are sketch artists or writers. Maybe that was like a misconception. Oh, that that's not true at all. Yeah, yeah. that's not true. <laughs> some are, some are actually, some are artists, but that's not true at all. I, I can't, I not, I can't draw very well. <laughs> my writing is a mess, and uh, don't. That's not true. See, there's something else we have in common. I hold my pencil like a three-year-old. And I remember back in school, the teacher actually duct taped my hand because she didn't like the way I was holding my pencil. So it should have been pretty hard to pen spin if my hand is duct taped. <laughs> the teacher actually did that. Absolutely. She did. And I was running around in recess with a duct taped hand with a pencil in my hand. Oh, my God. Now I'm looking back and I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> that doesn't seem like something you that would be allowed nowadays. Nope. Nope. But it happened. It was, it was the 90s. What, what can you do? And uh, for you, another tough question. What has pen spinning taught you in life? Mm, that is, uh, that's a very tough question. I would say learning to manage your time and also learning, learning how to have the dedication to invest time and put the work into getting better at something, right? I've been doing this for a while, right? But like when you, when you set off to do like get into a hobby or like get better at something, it's really easy to cheat with yourself and just like not do it. Or like if you wanted to play an instrument and get into it, like I've played, tried to get into playing guitar a bit maybe, and I didn't really continue with it. My parents tried to get me to play piano and I didn't really continue with it. You know, it's like finding something that you're so passionate about. For me, it's pen spinning, obviously, but, and like being able to like dedicate yourself with it to it, even though sometimes maybe you don't want to practice or like something times like obviously you don't want to push yourself but sometimes you won't want to practice but you know like you, you sometimes have to so it's like learning that kind of discipline to tell yourself like oh I'll, i'm gonna practice this amount of time a day or like you know but um for the most part i'm a lot more casual about it now but that is what it has taught me and it's what it tells me that i can actually learn a lot of skills because I spend them as, as much time doing this. I, I you believe that you can do you believe that you can learn a lot of other skills when you like self-teach yourself to this degree, I think. Yeah, and the more time you put into it, the more you learn about the actual hobby itself. And the learn the more you learn about yourself and you find this like comfort zone. The area is like, this is me, this is who I am, and you kind of like just say, you know what? I'm cool with this. I like this. Mm-hmm. And speaking about this world we live in, do you want to present this hobby to the world or use it more as an escape from reality? I would say it's a little bit of both because I like it is my escape, right? Like, you know, you want to get away from stuff you spin for a while. You listen to music, you just spin or you watch videos, other pen spinning videos and stuff. But um, I'd, I'd like to present it to the world mainly because I want our community to grow. Our community is very, it's, it's a very niche hobby. 
And for at least for the English pen-spinning community or the international pen-spinning community, I feel like it kind of it's a little difficult, especially for North American people who are like so spread out, and um, it's just difficult uh, to uh, get people into the hobby. I think and get them to stick around. Really, right? I've been a lot of people who disappear are sometimes actually people who are really good at pen-spinning in a short amount of time because they get so good so fast and then they just disappear. I, I kind of almost don't want that, actually. Maybe that's how they'll do it. They like doing doing pen spinning. Maybe they got bored of it. But like, I want people to stick around because having old community members in a community is very helpful because they have people to direct them, and I don't have to do all the work, so I don't like have to burn out. And like, you know, it's it's hard to find uh, good community contributors because a lot of people just want to spin pens, right? And sometimes I'm like that too. Right. When you work so much for the community, sometimes you also want to do the hobby you're actually trying to. Yeah. So it's a it's a tricky balance where I have to make sure I'm still a pen spinner. Right. Because if I don't pen spin, I won't like understand like the hobby enough to I feel to manage the community. Well, hopefully I'm doing my part by having you on this podcast and sharing it the world with all my listeners. My, I don't have that many, but for those who are listening, thank you. Hopefully I'm doing my part to share your hobby with the world. Oh yeah, I appreciate it very much. And do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? Yes. So my main advice would be to look up a blog post that we'll probably link in the description at some point. It is uh, my admin of the Discord server. I I manage actually his name is coffee lucky he made a big blog post of helpful pen spinning links of it's just like a huge amount and the first advice i would give you is go look at that blog post and learn the fundamentals and you want to learn all the fundamentals and the reverses so go and do that first and then go ahead and explore as much as you want and also join the discord server because i feel like it's fine to casually spin and just like kind of self-teach yourself but what like i've only a lot of people get better because they join the community i think and when you start talking to other people and asking questions you learn a lot and you have to be not afraid i get it It, like it's it's sometimes nerve-wracking especially when you get into new thing like um i've uh only fairly recently got into fighting games a little bit and it i don't really like i don't really like ask for help and stuff but that's why i don't get that good so Try not to be afraid to ask questions, even if like people are assholes to you, you know, <laughs> like just ignore them and just uh, try to improve your craft because everyone is new at some point and everyone was kind of like, you know, so don't worry about that too much. If there's any assholes coming to you, you know, you just send them my way because nobody misses yeah. with my brother. Oh, send it my way. If you're, <laughs> if, if you're, if you join the discord server, oh, talk to me about it or like one of the mods or something. I'll, I'll deal with it. Feel free to ask me about it um, on discord and just uh, be like, Hey, this guy's being an asshole. Can you like not, uh, <laughs> feel free to do that. But I think most of us are fairly nice. So. Good, good. It's, it's always great to hear that the community is very friendly and you being a mod of a discord is great to know. Cause I've talked to you for over 40 minutes now and had a lovely conversation. So it's actually a great segue to my next question because we were talking about the discord server. So I don't know if you know it by heart, but are there any social media links, websites, or projects you are working on that you would love to share with the listeners? Oh, for sure. Um, so most of it's just on the social media links I mentioned before, but a lot of my newer projects will probably for sure, like I'll probably announce it on Twitter and stuff like that. 
a lot of my articles come out on my Tumblr account. So you can read all that and my rambling about ideas and stuff. Sometimes there's articles, sometimes it's a lot, a bit more personal. But um, uh, there should be some interesting stuff coming soon. I don't want to say too much, but uh, I've been writing a lot lately. So hopefully I'll make some helpful stuff that will help newer spinners um, improve. So. Well, maybe once this episode comes out, which is technically next year, you'll have those articles out and I can just shove that right into the description. Oh, for sure. So there you go. And then people were like, oh, they're out. They're out. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. There you go, guys. And now for the last question, the one that I am not prepared for, but always enjoy. Do you have any questions for me about pen spinning? Hmm, that's, that's a, that is a tough question, I would say. You can put me on the spot, anything at all. You can ask me about a technical term and I'm like, oh yes. Like you can ask me like, Alex, what do you think the turning tornado is? And I would try to explain that. <laughs> turning tornado. Oh, that's a great name. Um, I'm actually curious what your perspective on like watching pen spinning. I, mean, I don't know how much pen spinning if, that you've watched, if it's just mine or whatever, but I'm curious like what you think, like what do you feel and what do you like feel like is skillful from an outside observer compared to me who is like does very much so like just a bunch of inside baseball and thinking about stuff that most people wouldn't think about well i've watched a few videos before yours like for the last 10 20 years not 20 years 10 10, 15 years i've seen videos online i'm like oh this is so cool and every time i see it i always pick up a pencil or a pen and i try to do it and i realize i my hand moves like a robot it's like, it's like in increments, like doing, doing, doing stages. And I'm like, how do they do it so like fluently? Like I'm doing it right now with a pencil and I'm like, geez, I am a robot. But you, you gotta step <laughs> back. It, it, it's a step-by-step process. You gotta step back, learn a trick from the ground up. The first tricks are the hardest for sure. And then once you get the hang of it, it gets a lot easier. But it, um, I'm assuming it's like the flow or like the, look of it like spinning and just like flowing to it more like effortlessly i'm assuming like when you effortlessly spin i guess that's the effect that you think is uh very cool and very skillful that's very interesting yeah that's that's definitely the take i have on it and you know what i think the first trick i'll ever do for pen spinning would be i hold the pen in in place and i spin would that would that count (laughs) hold the the charge the charge go learn go learn the charge it's a very classic trick okay how do you define the charge i'm i'm curious do i have to like it's hard for me to explain honestly (laughs) but there are tutorials out there it is you hold it in between your middle and index finger and you also hold it at the center of balance of the pen so the place where it balances so if you balance your pencil on your finger like that's the place where you balance you put it in between your middle and uh index finger and then you basically want to twirl it in a circle but it's really hard for me to show you because i'm not on video right now i'll show you after the podcast if you're very interested but you can look up tutorials and you should be honestly pretty good join discord server guys i'd love to talk to you it's the law you have to join it and not gonna lie when you said the charge my imagination just ran wild i just imagined like let's say me with socks on a carpet and i rub my socks on the carpet and have some like static electricity and have some sort of like metal pen and it's just floating in my hand and i just (laughs) it's like the charge (laughs) a little far-fetched isn't it (laughs) a little bit a little bit you could probably do that though i've seen like well it was an interesting time when pen spinning was like combined with magic tricks where they were making pen spinning, the pens disappear. And um, there's someone called Bonkira who sadly isn't with us anymore. 
that um, was very well known for doing this kind of thing and messing around with very creative things like with strings to incorporate with pen spinning and also he used like a magnet to get the pen to spin on its own without even touching it really and stuff like that so pretty interesting you know what if you have creativity you can do pretty much anything yeah for sure so there you have it another body with a hobby Thank you so much, David, for coming on and sharing your knowledge about pen spinning. People do have to go check out your Discord now and just learn more about the community. It is very friendly and it has a very friendly mod named David who needs help sometimes because he can't handle the whole thing. I am thing. a server owner actually, but I try. I don't do as much moderating work as some of the other people. I would have to say all the other staff members probably do a lot more work than I am regarding that. I try to just do my projects and uh, get as many good ideas as I can to try to have, an, have the good idea for the uh, server and the community and stuff. Not so much the moderating, I would say. But you feel free to uh, message me if there are issues. Because I still, it is still part of my job. So, or, And just, no, not just if you have issues. But people should just join to learn more about it. Absolutely. This is a learning experience. Go in, ask David and his community some questions. They're going to be very friendly and teach you some things. You can say, Alex Hobby sent, sent you their, your way, their way, that way. And, and David would be like, oh, that guy. Okay. <laughs> what did he, what, what, what stupid thing did he say? Did he talk about the charge thing with the socks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'll put all those links down below so people can learn more about you. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast, you can leave a review. Reviews are good. So I hear in the internet sphere. Uh, if you also want to show some more support, I also sell merchandise on Redbubble and I also have a Patreon. But these are only optional. You do not need to do it to enjoy the podcast, but they're there. But you know what you do need to do? You do need to go to show support to David and his Discord and his community. So once again, thank you so much, David. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Helps me uh, kind of get other people interested, hopefully. So really appreciate it. It's the law. They have to be interested now. If they made it this far, it's the law. They have to. <laughs> so until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>